All right, listeners, it's that time of the year again, and we've got some exciting news to share with you. The Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering once again with Adobe Max, the Creative Conference, November 4th through the 6th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Max to learn from their design heroes, to hear the latest industry trends, and to get inspired to create their best work. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe Max folks have given us a special discount for all the DGDC listeners. Use the promo code P19DGDC. That's P19DGDC to receive your discounted rate. Stay tuned for more information on future episodes, and we can't wait to see you at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Marson in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Welcome back, you two. And welcome back, everybody out there listening. I want to welcome the new listeners, if we have any of you, and, of course, the old listeners. We love you all. So um, one thing you can definitely do for the show to help us out, if you're not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's the thing that uh, that iTunes really looks at. The, I, don't, I guess there's not even iTunes anymore. It's not just Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, and, Yeah. Yeah. All the podcatchers, they just kind of look for the subscribe. So you'd really be doing us a solid, and you get all the tips. You get all the episodes that way. So why not? What are you guys up to? Anything good? Oh, I'm this... playing catch-up. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you are, <laughs> Nick. Oh, my gosh, just back from that trip. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're feeling it out there too, Wes, this summertime feel, you know? You're trying to soak that all in while you're cranking at the same time. It's not an easy balance, but it's like, yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but I've, I've kind of let summer go a little bit this summer. Like, I feel like I'm, I've been doing so much work yeah. that it just has to get done. Oh. And it, the weather has been so weird this whole summer. Oh, really? Like, has it finally, been out there? Yeah, it's getting nicer now. But for the longest time this summer, it's been just rainy and kind of cold or kind of gross hot. Yeah. So it's never wow. been. I've only been to the beach one day this okay. summer. Last year we went every single Sunday. So I don't know. It's just it's not really feeling quite like summer. So and it, yeah, and it feels like it's almost over already. Yeah, Sucks. I know it does go by really quick. I just it's just been beautiful here. Just upper seventies, eighties today, mid eighties today, and it'll be like this yeah. all week, nice. um, all this next nice. coming week. So it just it feels really good. So I think that maybe have ki- having kids it makes you feel that pressure to have that flexibility running this business and like yeah, let's head out, let's have outings, let's yeah, have outings. Sure. I'll just do, I'll just crank this evening, and then I always choose wine over the crank. It's yeah. it's, it's it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I, I like your designs when you're drunk, though, Mikel. I think that's. Oh, true. thank you. <laughs> Some of the best work out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your best that's drunk great. work is better than most people's oh, uh, sober terrible. work. So, oh, yeah. 
But, but uh, um, yeah, but did you meet your your identical cousin twin in Italy? Uh, we yes, we did. Yeah, we had uh, so. two two good days and great nights out on on the city and walking. Man, we walked so much. That was the best part about it. It was like, and and I was just telling my brother when we were talking about it today. I was like, God, you know, the the time that we spent out there was the best break on so many different levels that I didn't even think of work stuff. And I think that's the true test of, did you, did you separate enough from work and bills and life, you know? And so yeah, it was great, man. Like not thinking about it at all. Uh, there was so much to kind of, you know, orchestrate and stuff between meeting family and flights and everything. So it, it took your, it took my mind off of it. It was a great unplug. It really was. It was really that's good. Cool. It's important. Yeah. We all, yeah, we all got to do helps it. to put that whole ocean between it. That too, yeah. Psychologically, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and and staying, you know, what I thought was the most refreshing thing, and I'm slowly like, there's no need to get back into it, but the separation of social media was really a pleasant surprise. Like, hmm. not caring and just not, you know, like that the the constant check ins that you do during your normal day or what's everybody doing and everything. It just wasn't important, and I'm finding yeah, it like. Good. It's still that that's still lingering now, which is okay. I'm fine with it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice. Got plenty of work to kind of dig into. So, um, but boy, with that, with your head still there, it's the hardest thing to like. The first thing I did, the first true creative work I did getting back to business was so tough. It was like cobwebs all over. Like, yeah, damn. (laughs) I'm like, do I even know how to use Illustrator? (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, oh it was that bad. It was that yeah. bad. Like I'm like, I felt like I was a uh, a kid using it for the first time. I was like, uh, what the, what is this? And I'm like, oh my yeah. god, learning curve. Well, it must be really hard for Italians to like design and talk at the same time because they need their hands <laughs> for everything. <laughs> that is true. And we just lost all our Italian <laughs> listeners. <right there. laughs> no, they fun that's with stereotypes. We, that's something we all agree on. We know. For sure. So <laughs> love it. Nice, cool. but so. Today, we are back with uh, our second half of our two-part series on running your design business. Last week, we covered the don'ts, and now we're covering the do's. So we're going to get to that in a second, but before we do, let's talk FreshBooks, baby. FreshBooks is a dream come true for designers because we don't want to mess with invoicing. We don't like it. We don't think it's fun. So they take that work (laughs) right off your plate for you. that, see, it's good to have people like to fill in your gaps, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's good to like find people that just do take all the things off your plate that you don't want to do. FreshBooks makes it super easy to have these really branded, beautiful looking invoices that make you look like the pro that you are, or at least that you're trying to pretend to be. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they make it really easy. They they make the invoices look great. They make you look great. Uh, and you can send these professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. With literally just two clicks, you can get set up and get money in your pocket way sooner. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but most FreshBooks payments get paid within one business day. That's 60% of them get paid within one business day. So uh, with multi-currency invoicing, um, the app is amazing. It keeps track of all your receipts. So you can, you know, really stay on top of those deductions when it comes time for uh, tax season, which is great. And 
Might as well start thinking about that stuff now. You know, know. don't even don't even say that. (laughs) Well, I know, but it's It's true. It's true. It's not the fun stuff, but it's gonna come around faster than you know it. (laughs) For sure, always does. And their support is world class. Um, So basically, if you have any questions with anything, if anything goes wrong, it's probably not gonna. But if it ever does, their award winning customer service is super helpful. Very friendly and no attitude, and a real life person will answer the phone in three rings or less. You can actually get them on the phone. Like that's that's crazy in 2019. Who, who so who does that? I don't know. Yeah, you do. know what? That's it, I know we've spoken to this before, but it really means a bit that somebody directly picks up the line rather than for customer service, press one. For mm-hmm. billing questions, press. I, I mean, I get so tired of that stuff, especially when. It's either hitting something on your phone or saying it verbally, and then they never catch what you're saying verbally correctly the first time. It's so yeah. frustrating. Totally done on yeah. purpose, too. Yep. Super, super <laughs> so, yeah. tangent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's super all tangent. avoided like whenever, with FreshBooks. My internet goes out so often that I have to always call oh. freaking Comcast, and it's like every time that that infuriating I hate it. message system that ha- takes five minutes to tell me where I'm calling yes. from, yep. what my current bill is. All this, I like, I don't need to know this, that you know they're doing it just to get you off the line. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, and get the, all, the path to get to the right spot. You just figured they're like, oh, they're not going to hang in there for this. They're going to be annoyed. They're going right. to hang up and we won't be bothered nearly to the extent that we. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. But that's not what FreshBooks does. So anyway, we've worked out a free 30-day unrestricted free trial for uh, our listeners. So just go to FreshBooks.com slash graphic. And enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right. So on with the do's of running your design business. For anyone who thought we were getting too negative last time, now we get to shine some. I know, I wondered about that. I don't think we did. I hope, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think we did. It's just a lot of that like precautious type of talk. not necessarily yeah. went went all the time. Right, exactly. And people like hearing the don'ts better, but probably. But mm-hmm. but now we get to talk about the things that you should be doing when you're either starting your design business for the first time or just well into the life of your business, how to run it. Um, a lot of this stuff works in either case. So uh, let's go ahead and kick things off. Nicholas, cool. what you got for us? All right. So we're talking about the do's. The first thing I've got mm-hmm. on my list is do remember that and this is the best one. Your work has value. And I, I think I had a hard time understanding this at the very, very beginning because you just want to take off full scope and take on anything regardless of, you know, it, cheaping, it, lowering your rates or doing whatever. But knowing the value of your price is also about knowing about the value of your time and your talent. So you don't get stuck in that cycle of possibly undercharging people. And I think mm-hmm. the one thing to really kind of consider is it's something you got to know at the very beginning and stick to it. And like, don't be tempted to cut your rates or give someone a discount just for the hopes of getting that particular project. I think one, and how many times have we talked about this is when you, when that is the discussion at the beginning, that becomes the common thread throughout the entire project and the client wanting uh, more perks and more discount and more for their money. Whereas if you switch the conversation to value and what you're bringing, they will pay for it without question. 
And hopefully mm-hmm. you build up a clientele list of people that appreciate that, you know, a hundred percent more. So it's really good to know that from the very beginning and keep that on. So you are on track throughout your navigating through some of the first few steps or the first few people that you're bringing on as your client. I, I have a little checklist and some of the things I think we can all agree on, but the first thing is to obviously don't take any job in exchange for a favor or a referral or um, mm. uh, or uh, what's the big word uh, j- exposure, right? Like those yeah. kind of things at the very beginning. Again, there's exceptions to every rule, but I'd say a good ninety percent of them will not come back to give you that benefit. I've been told many times, like, oh, this will be the first, and there'll be much more projects down the road, right? Like all the right. other applications, and it doesn't happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Like, so just make sure at the very beginning, you're sticking to your guns and making sure you're getting paid at least for your value. One thing mm-hmm. to do too on this checklist is to have talking points ready to prove why you are worth that rate. Like, you oh, know, like good. really good idea. Yeah. Right. It's like, I think when I found that, like when someone would question that my first instinct was, well, then I, ha- I haven't proven to them in any of my material yeah. or conversation that I am worth of, I am worth that. So right. Having Mm -hmm. a, some people even do a great little, like, how many times have we talked about the, um, are we a good fit kind of, you know, um, document, right? So have that on there in your years of experience and what you've done for other clients. What is the benefit you brought, right? And then Mm -hmm. make sure that is all reflective in your marketing materials, particularly on your website, anywhere you're talking about your business. Because value, value, value is like number one. And when we talked, when we had that value-based um, conversation a few years back, one of those episodes on value-based pricing, that was quite an eye-opening to me because I, was, I really needed to hear what the advantages were of that. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but like I really took that to heart and used it in a lot of the uh, conversations I have with my clients and it's worked mm-hmm. great. So value, number one, don't, don't forget and don't forget that this is something that is 100% yours and your own. Yeah. You know, and I would add to this just, and this sounds like kind of a big no dub, but if you're you not only remember your work has value, but you need to ask yourself, what is that value? Exactly. And this comes back to the conversation of, you know, you are not, are you just a pair of hands that's making what the, exactly what oh, the client's asking right. for? Or yes. Are you which is more value? e-pro, which is more e-pro based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, identifying it is really smart too. And I think, uh, whatever that overall like thing is that you do, if it's strategy, if it's one-stop shop, if it's whatever it is, it's years of experience, have that ready to, to discuss because if you don't, I think you'll can, you can lose, you know, especially those, those clients that are on the, the, the fence and you can lure them in because of describing your value better. If you don't have the immediate answer, I think you could possibly lose that that good potential client. Yeah, you don't yeah. That. You know, and the, and the value always had like you, you've mentioned several times about like your experience, which mm-hmm. is great. But that doesn't really off. That's there's value that is clearly communicated in terms of that you're a client. Your yes. client doesn't necessarily need experience. They need a they need a result, right? So yes. I would I would always caution people against talking too much about push put it, saying I have a lot of experience. That's not mm-hmm. really the benefit. That's yeah. kind of a byproduct of of it or a you know, basically your experience gives you all the tools that you need in order to bring value and bring results. Yes. So make sure you're communicating it in that way that really makes them realize 
what exactly you're going to do for them rather than just leaning on, uh, well, I've been around for 20 years, so yeah, yeah. or I, it's I de- it, I deserve a little bit of yeah. business, you know, like I right. think. I think it's very common for us to think, what? You don't think I'm of value? And you, you, you can mm-hmm. take that, that positioning very quickly when it comes to being challenged. But just the other day, I was doing something, and I laughed because uh, the client said, well, can you show us stuff more in this industry? And I've always said, like, well, I'm showing you a breadth of industry, you know, mm-hmm. and that shows, me, that shows you my adaptability. to. It's not about the industry. It's about the strategy and the strategy. The, what we do to make it, if you know, one of a that kind can be for you. Such a tough conversation because I oftentimes know. you, it, isn't it? Because oftentimes mm-hmm. you can come across as this know-it-all, or like you're correcting them. Well, what you should be asking me is X, yeah. Y, and Z. Ugh, yeah, so hard. And, and but but then I I threw the ego aside and I just went good for I, you. I, I went on my my little uh, server drive and found because it was very specific in the educational field, and I knew I had some old crap from days gone by that was in that zone. And I just put together like this two page uh, PDF that had more relatable examples to them because he wanted to show the CEO of the company and that landed it. And oh, so wow. 10 minutes of 10 minutes of, you know, going through the old dusty files helped. So there was nice. my value, you know, so like, Oh, don't, which don't can be, be a little bit of a memory lane, you oh, know, kind of wow. interesting <laughs> all on its yeah. own. I don't generally See? want to go down that memory lane too honestly, far. <laughs> that, honestly. That, that's, that's building up to becoming a, a future episode where we're going to share some of that, that old, that old stuff. Oh, I think that would be a blast. Yeah. So I remember like be, putting my, my, per, my first portfolio, like on a CD-ROM basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. Good times. All right. Yeah. yeah. Who's up next? I am old. I I think I am. <laughs> am I am I next, Wes? Or you are? are. You, no, you are. I am. Okay. All right. So yeah. this next one is do craft a business plan early on. So this is mainly about just taking assessment as to whether you are good at the multitasking environment altogether. I mean, are you? And and not only that. I mean, if you think about it, for those that are really great at multitasking, you wear a number of hats, sure, but you're also good at tabling so that you can partition one thing at a time and stay focused so that you make most use of your time. So this is about, this is about, you know, being ensured that you can take on a number of tasks, that being business development and design simultaneously. It's not like you can just sit in your cave and expect the work to come to you. You got to work for it. So we've in the past discussed all the different avenues to go about that. But in addition, you just, um, you got to let people know that you're open for business. So Mm -hmm. that means oftentimes having a marketing plan um, in place to tackle um, as well as just, you know, being on top of the networking maneuvers, whether it be social media platforms or other, and just knowing that no one's necessarily going to hire you if they don't know what, wh- who you are and what you do. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. The proactiveness. Yeah. So I, for me on a personal level, I oftentimes, if I, if there ever is a lull, which is kind of funny to say, haha, but if there is a moment <laughs> where you can spare the time to do something for the purpose, the purpose of um, soliciting yourself and your business, have those prioritized lists generated so that you're not thinking to yourself, what? what should, what's the way to make best use of my time and, and taking time to think about what, 
what it, it is that you should tackle first for and foremost. So yeah. I always have a list going for each project and clientele, as well as those that um, would be very beneficial to tackle for the sake of my own business so that I can just toggle back and forth between those lists um, when, you know, there's pockets of time that come available if need be. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to attack it. You know, I think just knowing when you have that downtime, it's smart to kind of re plug into those things. I, sometimes it's a hard, it's a hard shift because it's such a different part of your mind to promote yourself and to put the little flag out there again. But, um, I, I think to noticing other people and how they do it, I, I think sometimes seeing people doing it very good. And i see a lot of people doing it very poorly when they put the word out there that like they're available or they're, you know, I think, Mm. um, so there's great ways to kind of get examples of, okay, when it gets time for me, how would I do it? How do I want, do you, you still want to be confident? You still want to show that there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, so maybe right. it's well, just and about- it could be as it, it, I'm trying to think of an example too that's not necessarily just reaching reaching out and knowing mm-hmm. how to go about that because oftentimes you guys get all these invitations on LinkedIn and you just don't have the uh, you you don't want to take the time to look into how this connection will benefit and True. who these people are what if they if it seems spamish if it doesn't if they're j- just going to try to get your business for the sake of their own agency that they've got running amongst mm-hmm. their three partners i mean wh- wh- taking the time to really go through all of those and pending that, invitations yeah. that's yeah. one of the things that can take can suck a bit of time oh yeah so i don't i don't have time to go in and look at all those invitations when i'm in the midst of a deadline or four yes. so that right. for example can be what you you know, maybe what you decide is worth tackling when you've, you're waiting for feedback, for That's example. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just hold, yeah. hold hold off on that. Don't let it disrupt your normal day. <laughs> you it's know, so easy when those come in yeah. to, oh, you know, yeah. to, to I, squirrel I, and like, oh, this, this, this. and more than, more than frequently or more than in the past few months or years, gosh, I, I almost every other one is one of those like, you know, know. business marketing savvy person. I'm like, well, that's not gonna... You know, and you gotta you gotta know who not to. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, it could suck up some time, and I think it's best to you kind can. of put just put the work out there. Put the 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 things. I know LinkedIn when we talked about it and and pushing your work out there and being on there regularly once a week to do that stuff is maybe a good flow where it doesn't look like oh uh, I'm yeah. I'm available now because I'm I'm got I got that lull. Yeah, yeah, yep. Good. Yeah, I I basically just approve all the the connections and then it's. But then the ones who hit me up for like solicitations right after they're gone. Goodbye. Uh-huh. And then you have the time <laughs> you know. to weed them out. Right. Just the same. Yep. Yeah, exactly. People do it so wrong sometimes. I know. I know. I'm telling right. you. <laughs> cool. So my next point kind of dovetails nicely into yours, Mikkel. You were talking oh, about cool. how to kind of wear the hats, you know, and divide your time amongst, you know, going after sales and what you can do in your business. Um, my point is actually kind of almost the opposite, but not really. It's do build your team. So start thinking early on what it is that you only you can do in your business, whether that's the designing, the strategy, what have you, and what would be better to find someone else to fill in that gap for you. Like for instance, for me, it was always, I always had a developer, you know, mm-hmm. to do the, mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. build the websites because I remember before that, I actually thought 
that it'd be a good use of my time to learn HTML and be able to do all this stuff. And it was just uh, like, the second I, I abandoned that pipe dream, like mm-hmm. all my time freed up like yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let let experts be experts. Let you be an expert with respect to what to the area that you know you can you you're confident in and that you've got yeah. tons of experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only like the experience thing and the experts doing experts, but like it's more about there's only so many hours in the day, right? And you there are certain mm-hmm. tasks that you need to do. There's other tasks that you imagine if you're making a hundred dollars an hour. And you're paying like a VA some, you know, who's doing some research for you, ten dollars an hour, so you can keep working on hundred dollar an hour tasks. You know, like I don't know what the where you all are at in your businesses that are listening, but whatever you're making per hour, if you can hire mm-hmm. someone who's making less to kind of take some of that grunt work off your plate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to free you up for the the higher dollar yes. stuff, that's going to yes. benefit you. Yes, yes, there's yes, only, yes. There's only twenty four oh hours gosh, in a day. So true. And everyone gets the same. You know? Exactly. That's a good so way to And I sleep for large chunks right in the middle of the night there, too. So I don't even use all 24. I don't know about you. Uh, that's great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but and, and, st- and don't be scared about making your – because I'm not even talking about hiring employees, right? It's most, no. I've not hired an employee yet. It's I your don't support know team. If I ever will. Yeah, it's contractors. I've got a copywriter I work with, a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fresh book. Yeah. Uh, Fresh books. Great example. It's part yeah, of your team. Exactly. They're, they're doing, they're getting my accounting and all that kind of taken away. So you're right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it and spend my, my hour where you could be billing a client. Yeah. And exactly. actually like accounting is probably the best thing to outsource. Like you need mm-hmm. a, every business needs like a good uh, bookkeeper. Yeah. Once you get to a certain oh point. Gosh. So that's one of the first people to put on your team. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. That's a good point. I try to t- I try to do that on my own, I have to say, and it's not easy. It's like, no, let the, that's another example. Let the experts be the experts in their arena for you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's one of those things, too. Like, if they're doing their job right, they're going to save you money. Yeah, exactly. People, people always it's no think different with a developer. Like a it's no different with a developer or an animator yeah. or a videographer. Yeah, all that. Yeah, all that stuff because you're still getting paid for it. And yeah, yeah. You know, you're this way you can. You know, like ideally, situ- ideal situation, if I've got a web project and then I've got one right on the back of it, as soon as I can hand it off to my developer, now I can get started designing the next person's site. It all, it's right. like a nice little circle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. All righty. So my next one is about being authentic. So you should do be authentic. That's the best thing I think for sure as far as setting a path for what the success of your business could be. I know one of the biggest reasons I wanted to leave the corporate world and do something on my own and be solo was to take back some of that control uh, of the work that I would get to work on. And not that anything I was working on was unappealing or uh, God forbid something you were against, you know, kind of personally or anything like that. But you do get tired of designing for one specific industry. And for me, I just wanted to focus more on things that I was more interested in, things I had a passion about, um, and that's being authentic for me. I think that was kind of a way of saying, what's the path I would love to go on here? Can I say yes and no to the particular things that are going to come my way? 
and, and be a little bit more in control, like getting your hands back on the steering wheel. And although even like the, the idea of saying no is still a, a battle for me because it's kind of like we talk about that a lot too about that power of saying no is something you now have. Maybe you didn't have if you were working at your job, but little by little, it gets easier and easier because I'm hand selecting and choosing now the things that I really want to be a part of. And I love when a client says like just yesterday, a client went through a whole brief of what they're looking for. And he goes, you know, at the very beginning, I should have said, is this something you're interested in? And I was like, wow, if I haven't given you the enthusiasm already that this is something I would love to do, (laughs) I'm wrong. You know, like I'm like, yeah, Yeah. this is, this is fantastic. And it's right up our alley. So I think getting to make these decisions and getting to pick these things is such an advantage and everyone's path is different, right? I mean, you should have a clear reason as to what you want to be doing and what's going to make you authentic and keep you focused. I know when I look back to, I always, I think I brought this up before for many, many years, I was working on toys and promotions and designs that were accompanying very bad junk food for kids, like, you know, kids meal toys and cereal and, and, and there's Mm -hmm. so, and you know, it's like, I I remember some of those products. That was a while ago. I I felt bad that I was like promoting, you Mm. know, the, the worst crap in the world with licenses and stuff that were like almost teasing kids to be like, Hey kids, because it's SpongeBob get this, get this food. And it was so, you know, after a while you're like, my God, all I'm doing is like push, I'm a sugar pusher. (laughs) That's exactly what we were doing (laughs) with, with luring them in with, you know, dangling carrots that were toys and stuff. So now the weird, how weird that like, and I think this is a subconscious thing, but I choose more health and wellness stuff now because that to me is like the complete opposite. It's me being more authentic. That's truly more who I am, what I eat and what I like to practice. So it's kind of a way of saying, yeah, that's, that's a way of being authentic with who you pick and choose. You know, I think we all have a very unique custom, uh, custom picked lineup of clientele, right? You know, who, yeah. we, who we work with and it's the people too. It might just be great people you want to work with. You don't want to work with the, the, the people that are nuisances or, uh, or hurdles all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I've and often to be honest, about, like, yeah, you can, it comes to a point where you can afford to be particular in that mm-hmm. sense, though, Nick. I mean, maybe yeah. at the time that you're cranking out the SpongeBob products is when you couldn't necessarily be, a, you know, afford to be pr- particular about those. Oh, but that was accounts. more my. Yeah. Then that was more my my corporate jobs. But you know, you're oh. you're 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 raking. Nonetheless, in, you're raking in all. You know, you're doing great. It was the most successful I've probably ever been. But it's still in the back of your mind, going like, oh my god, if. How uh, can Feels we gross. do another? Can we do Feels another? Feels gross, yeah. Yeah, like Isn't how many things can you so do? Isn't that so interesting to, you mm-hmm. know, take note of what people, you know, so that might have been, one, you know, one project that you were working on throughout that time frame. Mm-hmm. But some people devote their entire work to mm-hmm. that one product that you may not agree with. That expo- Sometimes it's just kind of, it's sickening. It's icky, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's why I, I thought mm-hmm. when I was looking up a little bit, like what makes the authentic side of what I'm doing now, yeah. that to me is by far the biggest 180 yeah. that makes it work, you know? Yeah. What were you going to say, Wes? Oh, I was just going to say, so like I've often thought about, there's certain things that if if they came to me and wanted me to help them out, I probably would have to say no, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I get weird. That hasn't happened to me yet, luckily, because that would be kind of a weird, like how do you put it to the person that you don't want to do it? Yeah. I guess you would just say you're busy. 
But uh, I always say I, I couldn't be a value. I couldn't be a value. Hopefully the other end yeah. would respect your stance and where you're coming from. I mean, if not, then it's of telling course. about the individual. I mean, that you could say that about expanding your social circle or anything else in life. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. you, yeah. can, you can be truthful about why you're denying any given project. And hopefully it'll be yeah. received respectfully. Yeah. It's all you can hope for, I guess. I think the mm -hmm. easiest way around it is just by saying I would not be the probably the best person for it or couldn't bring the value that I think I typically want to bring to something I can truly uh, be tangible to and be like uh, passionate about. Yeah, and, and I right. I've only I, had to do that once or twice and there was no there was yeah. no down downside mm -hmm. of that, you know? I mean, if you're doing packaging for you know, meats and you're yeah. a vegan, and you and your your client comes to learn that you are. Don't you think that that would be a turnoff? You'd want to know at the forefront. I, I, I take I you out to the nicest yeah. steakhouse in town for a yeah. Well, but the, the the last restaurant we did was a complete smoked meats and like barbecue place, and I, I'm you know 100 vegetarian, and so I was yeah. like, I didn't say any, I didn't say anything until I because obviously no food was a part of any conversation until we got to like the menus and that was like yeah. six months down the road but <laughs> I I jokingly told them and they just laughed because they're like what a what a that's amazing but like I don't think that in a situation like that I know enough of branding in that particular area to still be authentic and give them what they what they want but if it was mm -hmm. something I I have no idea of and something like I I'd be a complete novice in uh, maybe then I would have said like, God, there might be an issue here. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of similarly will turn down, I forgot about this because this is a little bit different than what we're talking about because it's not like I'm taking a stand against a particular brand. Take a stand, more, Wes. Take a stand. Take a stand. <laughs> but it's, but I've, I've had clients in the past who come to me for the, the whole web design and the strategy thing. And it becomes clear early on that there's nothing they have that's, worth talking about like there's mm. just nothing that sets mm. them apart and mm, like i'll ask them good, like, so what sets you point. apart and they'll be like well nothing really like well oh. then there's oh, not boy. much i can do for you then like no i love it because we have to draw one. from yeah what makes you unique but if you really don't even think you are unique wow. or special in any way as a business then i can't help you no so, so this this authentic thing kind of goes both ways i think you're right like the client has to be authentic and have something like that's my last wow, question on my questionnaire is is what makes you different from the rest like what's something mm -hmm. you can say that nobody else can and what when is client, your value proposition yeah and when a client doesn't have the answer to that whoa it's 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 almost like it just like you see that bubble just go yeah. just fizzle. <laughs> well, and like on my youtube channel I, I give a lot of advice it's mostly to small business owners and sometimes you'll get comments from people who are like just like affiliate marketers or like drop yeah. shippers. And it's like, I don't, I don't have anything for you guys. Like, I'm yep. sorry, but you guys Good. are just, yeah. you're not adding anything. You're just basically a commodity like anybody yeah. else. And yeah. I can't, there's nothing I can do for you. Totally sorry. agree. Yep. Yeah. Because totally I'm authentic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mikkel, what she got next? Oh, that's an interesting example. Okay. Next is um, to Definitely trust your instincts, which sounds easy, but hmm. I still struggle with that one. Yeah, I, I do too. In fact, I oftentimes will have later have the um, um, 
what's the word when you think back to um premonition <laughs> yeah what with had you gone with your had you gone with your gut in hindsight you oh, know hindsight, later yeah. on your hindsight you yeah. you figure out like gosh i wish i would have re- because I, mean, I remember thinking to myself that that developer that we were in that I we were initiating a partnership with was fairly limited in these arenas, and I should have just gone with my gut. I mean, how many times does that stuff like that happen? Um, and you know, because yep. think about all the exposure here. When you're running your business, it's not just about turning over designs. You're running all the administrative tasking. You're mm-hmm. running all of the communication. I mean, in in way of partnership. We've got, you know, hosting, development. I mean, it, it's, you know, oftentimes working with junior design and other creatives. And with, I need to be able to trust that I'm handing off really stellar material for these individuals to work with because it's all, it turns around, it's all about me. I'm the one that's sending out these deliver, deliverables. So it's just a, it's just always, always smart to have that good self-check with yourself. I mean, yeah. From an aerial view, looking down, high level, is this is is this suitable? Is this am I following my gut here? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you find that it's questionable, just it's it's oftentimes a good fat no. Yeah, yeah. As it's, who says like I love the the quote if if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no basically. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really good that's a really good phrase to remember. I love that yeah. one. Um, you know, because in way of that exposure, it's I mean. You oftentimes will step out of your own comfort zone, and that can be very intimidating. So you just have to know to trust your instincts all of the time. And that take that takes confidence, and that takes really amazing awareness to be able to take a step back and have a look. Mm-hmm. Well, because it, take, then it you takes just... confidence. And the other thing I notice that it takes is uh, not being stepping back from being a people pleaser. Like totally. a lot of times I'll say yes totally. to a client yes, yes, that yes. I shouldn't take on because not so much because I feel pressure like, oh, I need this job. It's more like uh, I kind of just I would feel like a dick turning them down kind of at this yeah. point. Right, right, like, right. And then they end up, you know, making me <laughs> regret it basically. So yeah. that it also works in 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 the details, too. I know we're talking more bigger picture, like you said, Mikkel, looking from up here and and, and overall, overall on a project, but there's many times in a given day that uh, a, an issue will come up where I, a miscommunication with a client. And I always say, see, my instinct the other day was to be a little more clear on that one email. And it, maybe it would have meant ruffling some feathers then, but it would have been crystal clear. And I wouldn't w- wasted two days of miscommunication. Right. Like mm-hmm. that happens a lot. Right. And I'm like, cause you're right. You're, it's like, you want to be that people pleaser and you don't want to like Oh, this might be not what they're looking for, but like you know, nine times out of ten, my the emails I'm getting are uh, of news that I'm like, oh, geez, here we go again, you know. So yeah. it, that's the way kind of like business works. But I'm just I'm thinking ahead too, like yeah, I got to be my instincts are usually pretty correct with um, what I should be doing at that time and not letting it go and then losing a few days. So even right. in those small details, it's this kind of yeah. is very applicable. Few right. days, right? I mean, I've I've lost a month mm-hmm. of work. Some like that one client I had who just became a nightmare, and I knew early on he was going to be, and yeah. I took it anyway just because I feel I felt like we had just gone too far in the process for me to turn it down at that yeah. point. Yeah, and then so we went we we did it, 
he showed his true colors about a month in when I had already done a ton of work. My copywriter had already done a ton of work. And I had to, I just, I'm like, you know what? It is not worth keeping this process going. So I'm just going to refund him all his money. So I basically had to eat all that cost. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, man. That's yeah. so hard. So that's why you want to trust yourself for sure. Yeah, for sure. Totally. totally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yep. so hard. And you get better and better with time on that one for sure. You do. Yeah, but, I'm, but I still struggle. Like this was like last year for me. So it's it still pops up sometimes, you know. It's just yeah, a I know. of You're right. Yeah. Hopefully less frequent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So, uh, good. No, that's not even right. fun to talk about in retrospect. No. That sucks. Painful. All right. So my next one is do find your specialty or niche. So I'm a big believer in this. I know you guys tend I think you guys take more of the stance of I think you guys like more general stuff to kind of keep things interesting in a variety of mm-hmm. stuff, which I get. I definitely like the variety, but um, I tend to like having a really drilled down specialty, which does not necessarily mean an industry you work for exactly. or, um, or a particular kind of deliverable. Sometimes it's one or the other. Sometimes if you're really hardcore about it, it's, both, you know, but, um, what I've, I, I've, my business has grown so much since I've specialized in, you know, service-based business websites yep. strategy. Like I've let e-commerce go because that was just a huge pain in my ass that I did not ever want to deal with again. <laughs> um, I no longer touch logos or anything like that. I just do this one thing and I found that it's so much easier for me to communicate my value to those clients because they see that no matter what the industry is, as long as you're a service business, look how the same, these same principles apply all across the board and look what I've done in each case. Um, So I don't really have to limit myself to, you know, doctor's offices or anything specific like that. It's just, if you're a service-based business and you need a website that communicates your value and gets you clients every day, then I'm the one you call yeah. basically. So um, I, I would challenge you to start thinking about when you're trying to find your niche, you know, you, again, you can niche down as granular as you want to, or it can be a little bit more vague, but what I would caution you against is being everything to everybody. Yeah. We do logos for all businesses. We do websites for all businesses. We do printed materials for all businesses. You can do that, and I think some, like, I think, Mikkel, you have a lot of success doing that. Um, but I think it's hard, but you've been around for a while, too. So I think it's hard as a new business, if you're a new designer, it's going to be a little harder for you to really make that name for yourself. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't start out that way. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just start asking yourself, what do you like doing? What are you good at? Uh, what is there a market for? And there's got to be some kind of a Venn diagram there of what actually works <laughs> yeah. in all three scenarios and try to go after more of that kind of business. And you can certainly su- supplement it with different kind of work here and there if you want to keep yourself inter- inter- uh, entertained or interested. Like spicing things up a little bit, you yeah. know. But I would say anything you choose to take on that's outside of your you know, heavy scope of focus should at least be complementing mm-hmm. that. So what I if I were ever to do a logo again, it wouldn't be for like a an e-commerce retailer because 
that would just be way outside of everything I do. That's not, you know, if I did it, it would be for one of my service business clients. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. And it's an extension of something you're already zeroing in and focused on. Right. You know, that's true. And I think through our lessons and our conversations over the last few years, I've kind of narrowed down to the point of just being a brand strategist. Like that to me is what I want to do only, but for any industry. Like I I Mm. narrow down to where I love staying in and that little niche. But if something does come my way and it will, because I don't think anyone's going to look at you and go like, Oh, he only, he or she only does this. I'm not going to go to them. If it comes to a referral or something, then I love entertaining those other unique things, but I stick to those lanes and I think it's interesting. I never thought it would be somewhat of a niche, but you're right. It doesn't have to be a particular industry, but it's just your service. What service are you providing? That could be a niche. And I love that. And it could be, it could be as simple as just, yeah, like brand strategy for all businesses or websites for all kinds of businesses or logos for all kinds. It doesn't have to be like a crazy niche down thing, but some focus is good. Otherwise, you're not really, you're just that jack of all trades, master of none type designer at that point. Exactly. And even if you're great at everything, it's hard to get people to see that. Yeah. And I love proving it. I love proving it to people. I think it's neat when someone comes and says, well, this is maybe not up your alley. We looked at your stuff and we don't see anything in this zone. I I, I love being like, that doesn't, in fact, that's just more interesting. Like Mm -hmm. we'll take the principles, the strategy and all of the work that we do to our formula and it could work for anything. Like that, I think, yeah. is the what has the original part of what I can do. So, yeah, it's a it's a fun little area to kind of explore for sure. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. I think timing and and your years in the business uh, may, will kind of are, make it easier or not to do this kind of stuff. But hopefully, everyone's fine tuning it to exactly what they can be the best at. And I think that's the smartest way to look at it. I just can't yeah. get enough of what I tend to learn from all these different industries and environments True. out there. I, I, it's for the betterment of me being a well-rounded person, an individual in the world. I, I learn so much from these people that I support ongoing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really helps me. Um, but, but you're, but you're right. It's not for, for everyone. I mean, um, and I oftentimes will really, you know, there will be a really great reputable account that that I would love to be suitable, but if it weren't for respect for with, if it weren't for the partnership at hand where I might be collaborating with another agency that has more expertise in the area that I can learn from them for it in order to represent the account, then it's Mm -hmm. not worth taking on either. Collaboration can really go a long way with respect to this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Filling in each other's gaps for sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. My last one, I'm going to call this one the secret weapon. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. it's do familiar familiarize yourself with copywriting. And this yes. is the this secret is awesome. weapon. This is the thing that has blown up. And I feel like given myself a competitive edge almost every time in the last few wins of any projects, I think every diner designer. And when we hear from our listeners, you're all looking to expand that scope of service. You're all looking to, do something more. And the best way to do it is adding great copywriting skills because it's, it's a way of improving your business offerings to your client. 
I think we have to start looking more that design and copy go hand in hand as the foundation of strategy, right? So mm-hmm. it's totally the way to make more of your time, more of your value by offering this, this, this component that is going to, that always has gone hand in hand, but I think more than ever, uh, it's under one person's responsibility if you choose to. Whereas before I always felt like strategy, copy, direction would come from marketing and then the designers would just implement it. But here we are, we are one people shops or very small shops. And if we could do it in addition to it, and don't forget, this means subcontractor, this means hiring as needed or getting best principles of copywriting under your belt individually. I think it's the best thing you can do. It's such a competitive advantage. And I think even in my, my sales tools, in my discovery form, in my introductory PDF, my copy has become so, uh, me at first it's authentic. Second, it's, there's a lot of thought behind it. I'm using the words that I really want to stress, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's that advantage that takes your power to a whole other degree because it's, it's combining. I think sometimes, and I'll be the first to admit it. I think text and copy and strategy are 10 times more important than the design of a final product. Yeah. The the design design is like, look, you can't go balls out something totally new and unseen. It's not going to communicate and you can't copy someone. So there's a very fine line of where your design's going to be based on your strategy, but copy, attitude, personality, tone, voice, those things are becoming the things that are winning things for me left and right. And like even right now, uh, something I'm sending off today is kind of like the result of our, our strategy and our, and our questionnaire and our discovery. And it's the recap I'm sending to the client and it's, there's no art in it at all, but it's all copy to make sure that we are in alignment with what the design is going to be. And these things spark tagline, these spark mottos and brand positioning statements. These spark great headlines on the website or on their collateral that they're doing. And where did they come from? They came from you, not a paid person on their team or a copywriter, that is such a value. And I, I can't stress this enough. You mm-hmm. will, you will be un unbeatable and it's something no, a lot of others can't compete with. And I think you'll stand out above the rest. Yeah. So I can't, can't speak highly enough of it. Yep. And you said something very controversial there with, you know, it's a design audience, but I've been telling my mm-hmm. clients this for years <laughs> that, um, basically, you know, a good looking website will, if, if it looks nice, it's going to keep people from leaving right away, but good copy is what's going to make the sale and it's going to make the, yeah. the close the deal for you. Um, yep. the design is basically it's the, it's packaging everything up in a nice palatable way, but good design on its own doesn't sell stuff. No, you know, so yeah, you're so right. Good copywriting. If you can learn that and deliver that with your designs, that is going to be a huge, uh, we talked about value earlier, like your work having value. This is the best way to do that. Yeah, for sure. If you're going to learn one extra skill. Yeah. Yeah. I I love when I, I, I struggled sometimes to trying to, uh, present this to students who aren't quite there yet with strategy. They're still learning it. They've been designing for a few years. They think that's the number one 
element. And mm -hmm. when we go, sometimes we'll go uh, competitive shopping and we'll look at p products to start comparing. And when I ask them what's working best or like on t-shirt design or uh, experiential design or environmental design, they will always come back and say it was the copy. The copy was the most creative thing on there, like the play on words, the whatever. Then the design follows that. But it's it's like it's the blueprint. It really is in so many different ways. And when yeah. you see them get that, then write the copy, write the strategy, design later. Uh, I think it all falls into place so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And that took a long time to figure out. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's I think not it's, easy. it's easy as designers to get caught up in the trap of, uh, you know, what's the, the phrase, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail, yeah. basically. Yeah. So we're kind of taught to believe that design is the most important thing in the world just because that's what we do. But it's not. It's a, it's a, it, it makes the words go down easier. It's, a, yep. it's, a, it's the packaging. You know, that's true, but it's yeah. still important for sure. But copy is great. Yep. All right, Mikhail, you want to close us out here with our last point? All right. So next step is to keep on learning things that are new, which again, these are all things that are so easy to talk about. Um, they're not so easy once you, you, once you put them into execution necessarily. I mean, putting in the time to seeking things that are new. I mean, sure. There's all these sources out there. And it's not, it's not as though there's, there's going to be a challenge to seek it or find it. That's not the point. It's taking the time. Um, yeah. And you know what? You could set a goal so that like once, you know, in, in your calendar, so that it's once every week or once every other week that you put in a good solid hour or three to learning, learning something new, or maybe it's something that you know, earlier on you bookmarked because you knew you couldn't afford the time and you're on a particular deadline just to, just to know that that's what, something that you have of, that's of interest, you know, that could potentially further your business and your mind in a way that you could connect with potential accounts and or otherwise, and to just make note to put the time into familiarizing yourself with something. Um, mm -hmm. and in my opinion, this doesn't need to necessarily be about how to, um, a big, a big how-to with respect to tools. I mean, we're always constantly learning tools, so maybe it's mm -hmm. it's it's about furthering yourself in other ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's learning new it, skills too, not just the tools to get you there, but just like like we're talking about copywriting. You know, it, that would definitely. Yeah, that's a that's not, a good example. Yeah. And maybe it's about how to network yourself. I mean, maybe it's not necessarily about sitting down and learning and, you know, getting a, a grasp for how to work um, something with something with the software or applications um, or a skill set necessarily. Maybe it's maybe it's just listening to a really awesome TED talk while you're not working. For yeah. Example. Yeah. That's a good point. Make mm -hmm. sure it's like. Uh, I, I think the multitasking thing is an impossible. Like you can't do three, two things at the same time. So devote the time if you are learning something on your own. Like one of the things I did was I, I, I took advantage on um, the trip and I downloaded a ton of podcasts that I had wanted to listen to on specific topics. That's a good one. And so, so knowing that they were on the phone, didn't have to worry about data yep. and all that other crap. It was like so great to listen to. I listened to a bunch on finance, a bunch on like, um, you know, your, your retirement funds and all these other things, even if it's just off that, but it's stuff that I think technically we should be worried about or concerned about as business owners, you know, 
um, anything else like that. It's so cool to do it on its own. And did you collect time. those over time, um, you know, prior to your trip, or did you just make a library quickly before you left? I made a library quickly before. Like I scanned okay. the, the ones that I follow, and I haven't been good on listening to anything in the last five, six months. It just was like yeah. – took either took a break or didn't have the time. And I went to my favorites and I looked through and I even just searched topics that I was like really okay. curious about okay. learning more about because I had listened to this one guy. And, and it was, everybody, and then, everybody and then, like, puts together yeah. that library differently. I'm a firm yeah. believer in collaborating a list over time. Yeah. So when it come, when it, when push comes to shove, I don't have to scramble to search for those that I can benefit from. That's yeah. just how I tend to work. So if I've got something bookmarked or a list running that I can, I can just go yeah. to as yeah. my collection source, then that yeah. can really be useful. And that can yeah. work for podcasts, for Ted talks, for, um, for skill videos, shares, you name it. Yeah, yeah. skill any yeah. anything v- videos, and you know if if even if you're working on a dual screen system, and you oftentimes have like a a webinar running, yeah, <laughs> on one screen yeah. while you're working on another, that's not really truly taking in all 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 of the webinars Knowledge. value. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Removing they basically say that no one can really truly multitask, even if you I think totally you're a good agree. multitasker, like. It's you can't really take in information and nah. put out information at the same time. It's spreading it's spreading yourself way too thin. Yeah, I think you know, and I, I even I even found one on time management, and I found one on like just minimalizing certain things. So it was like little weird things that I'm wanting to he- talk here about more. And I just love that you got to donate uh, dedicate that time to it a hundred percent. That's the yeah. key, I think the biggest key with this. Don't do background shit. I mean, <laughs> I see enough yeah. students doing that where it's like. I, I, I wish you, oh my lord! You should see like it'll be like there's a there's an episode of The Office running in a YouTube window at the top, <sighs> and then there's like some dude playing video games and they're watching him, and then they're listening to music and trying to work and do emails. It's like no 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 no. Do it right. Much. Isn't it that right the world? Out. Isn't that the world that we live in now? It's yeah. kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame. Um, yeah. But that's but that also loops back to that talking point earlier this episode about partitioning and tabling sure put things aside so that you can truly focus on the breadth of one single item at hand i mean so so much you know you see people walking on their commute or even you know driving it's really quite disgusting and on their phones oh. and they've got that you know that they're listening to something different than what they're verbalizing through the it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah. so i don't and to be quite honest i think that all the plethora of of interesting resources out there that we can learn from is rather it's it's overwhelming and it's intimidating at the same time how do you decide how do you decide oh everybody seems to be on dribble these days i should probably listen to a podcast from dribble no 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 (laughs) i know you're right it is overwhelming there's too many things there's too many things uh coming at you and from Just so many par- different directions. Compartmentalize as best you can on the areas that you know would really suit your business to mm-hmm. its yeah. full potential, yeah. which is not easy it'll to do. Happen but... organically, like you'll you'll have right. a new project That's for true. a client, and you need to learn how to do something on the fly that you didn't know how to do. So you look up a video on YouTube. You look up a video on Skillshare. You look up a uh, podcast episode. You know, yep. I yeah, learned so much point. shit from podcasts. I can't even tell you. Yeah. 
You know, I, I feel like I know. Yeah. Isn't so much that now really great like exposure? I feel so grateful about these yeah. podcasts myself. And I admit when we first started this show, I was not a podcast podcast listener. And that's truly shifted. But hasn't it taken on a world of its own now? Oh, it's a whole. It's like any God. celebrity yeah. that wasn't making the auditions beautifully that the way that they wanted to, yeah. they all now have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. I don't know how much I need to hear Anna Ferris's thoughts on a daily basis, but they're there. <laughs> She's got a podcast. Yeah, she oh, has God. a podcast. I have yet to listen to her show. Um, I'm yeah, kind of curious. It's not. About it's that. not that good. Is unless it not? someone, unless someone here probably, someone listening probably loves her, and I'm just. Not, not really <laughs> resonating, but, but a few I listen yeah, to just to kind of that. give it like basically I listen to um you know Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy, uh, the art of paid traffic is a good one if you want to learn about Facebook ads and Instagram ads, uh, perpetual traffic is a good one, um, conversion cast from lead pages is a good one. So there's a, all, all these ways you can kind of fill your head with new stuff, and once you start listening enough, you'll like absorb all that and become kind of an expert in something yes. new yeah while you walk yeah. the dog while you drive home from work what, what I've have become you so. particular like these hosts better be able to grasp my attention in a good way some of them sound like they're reading from a script oftentimes don't yeah. you think I, and I don't like those ones for sure no yeah mm-hmm. oh so, social media marketing podcast agents of change is a good one so there's so many out there um cool but anyway that's our list this week, but we have a listener question. And guess yeah. what? It's an audio question. Yay. Yeah. And this one comes to us from Leslie Quesada. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey, guys. Leslie from PA here. I had a point of contact leave client number one for a new organization, and she has since solicited my services at her new position. She's on a very tight budget with a startup nonprofit, and I'm doing my best to stay within her budgetary needs to keep our healthy business relationship flowing. That being said, I screwed up on a recent project for her. Neither of us caught an error on the cover. That was 100% my fault. I missed it. She missed it. The printer missed it. They've had thousands of these brochures printed. Anyhow, you know the guilt that I'm feeling. I'm curious how you guys rectify an issue like this when an error that occurs is the designer's blame. Thanks so much. So, God damn it, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is this sucks. Um, yeah. But we've all been we've all been there, and and not necessarily this particular instance, but those that where the mistake and you know just the error. It manifests into this whole world of big ass uh oh. Yeah. So, so, um, oopsie daisy. I had a, yeah, major whoopsie daisy. So, I had a couple of questions when I was listening to this because if, you know, you know, she had mentioned that this was something that the printer had missed as well. Well, typically the vendor is not responsible for any errors. I mean, True. they send it back a proof and then it is your obligation to catch any yeah. and everything that might be um, not correct in that proof. And you know what? I have learned that I will never, ever move forward with a proof unless the client has seen it as well. I have documented the go-ahead from them as well as my own. Yes. Um, But in case that has been missed on both ends and it has gone to print anyway, A, there may have been a deadline such as an event that 
all these brochures were being prepared for. And if that's the case, a, a print rerun isn't necessarily an option because maybe they needed right. to be on a flight in Singapore specifically for a trade show event that your point of contact it needs them in hand on the plane with. True. Um, that's oftentimes the case. Oftentimes the case is um, that maybe it's not for a particular event. So I, I have absolutely gotten in touch with the print vendor. This is what happened. I wanted to talk to you first. Anything before I present options to the client directly myself. Is there anything that you can do with respect to a, print, a, a rerun knowing that you've got all the natives on, on hand? Is there anything that you can do? If not, then yeah, sometimes you'll have to just bite it and say, I'm, I, I, I recognize that this is the mistake of our own and don't cover it up. Don't make excuses. T yeah. Be honest and say um, alongside your apology that you're willing to pay 50% of the costs up front for the next print run. You recognize that this is, you know, this is something that was in error and you you can, you, you know, that you, you give your word that it won't happen again kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think having that transparency can say a lot about how you run your business and who you are as an individual. So I oftentimes will not try to cover it up and be yeah. the know-it-all. You, you shouldn't. We're all human here. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah. let me ask a kind of, I guess, a dumb question because I'm not really in the world of print and I've certainly never been involved in any kind of big scale um printing mm -hmm. processes like this. Sure. So you did mention that the client signs off on it. I'm wondering if this happened in Leslie's case, if it was signed off on, did she mention that or she said that everyone had seen uh, it and everyone yeah. had kind of not. She just mentioned that all three parties, including the print vendor did not catch this on the cover. Yeah. Right. Regardless so think, of what, how it was a sign off or not, we don't know with her particular situation. Yeah. Right. But I guess my question is, and I'm not saying you would ever want to just say, I wash my hands of this. It's not my fault. But at the end of the day, when a client signs off on something, that is a sign off. Yes. Where I don't know how, like, yes, everyone's to blame a little bit, but you as, as the designer are not more to blame sure. than the client who also signed off on it. So I, so I think, Mikkel, your 50% thing does sound fair in that case. Um, but I can imagine this being the kind of a run that would, that could break you if you're a small business. Like, totally. I don't know how expensive. Oh, sure. Totally. Like, I, I think this was a book she said. So it was kind of like, this is not some, you know, cheap little flyer or something. Oh, it's too. a whole book with, okay. I think she said it was a book cover. Um, but I got to give Leslie. She mentioned it was a brochure. Um, oh, a brochure. And, I'm that's sorry. Right. And that's brochures can be that pamphlet format altogether, which is a booklet. Right. Cool. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Could be a booklet. I, I think it was smart that she obviously uh, took the the blame right from the beginning of her question. I think that's a smart thing we should all do too. And yeah, I've been in this situation a few times where uh, it was either my copy changed and I was typing something I didn't get live. So what I've learned is some things to kind of get away from this. One is I always say they they have to provide approved copy in a Word doc for anything that is that high in copy for publication or for print. So I request that it is a final approved Word doc that I can cut and copy, and then that way it is their responsibility for right. 
content. That's number one. Then number two is that sign off. And I think the sign off is number so important because there are a hundred times that you're in there making changes and you could accidentally get rid of a comma or not add an apostrophe or whatever, right? And make a typo. So think about the ways I was looking around and I found a few things because what I've been using particularly is on Dropbox, I'm, I send links to everything. So when it's a proof, uh, LinkedIn is now wonderfully uh, in, in, integrated into G- Gmail. So you can just click a link and they get that PDF proof to approve. In, in Dropbox, they can make changes now and you can do a whole proof in there. Or Acrobat will let you do this as well. And what hmm. a lot of people were saying was just add a blank page or a, a page at the very beginning uh, that is in your PDF that has a, your own approval sign-off thing, approve with changes, approved as is. And that way they are, that gets them to read the fine print much, much more at any given time. So hopefully you'll, you'll avoid that right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there's a thing called, it used to be called uh, Proof HQ, and now it's called Workfront, but it's basically Workfront's um, kind of like online approval system that gets your client to approve and it has a it's it's a paid thing but again too it's based on your usage but any of these things are great tools to kind of avoid the situation Uh, i'm not saying put all the blame on them but then again too like i mean someone's got to be the official sign off of these things and you got to get them to do it 100 percent. you no one wants this in the the long run but try to kind of build up enough uh filters that it goes through that hopefully it doesn't happen yeah. And what do you guys think about this? So I'm we're just and mm-hmm. I not to sound like I'm playing lawyer ball here. I'm certainly not yeah. ever in favor of that, but um when you say, "Oh my god, this is all my fault" to the client, yeah. doesn't that open you up yeah. kind of for a lawsuit at that point it too? Can. Like It can. Oh, it 100%. Can. It can. I feel like um, you should maybe never take quite that stance. It should just be a little, like especially if they've signed off, it should be more like I really apologize for this. I certainly take my share of the blame. Like I would put it that way. Yeah. My share of and the oftentimes blame. I will say phrases like, I just can't believe we didn't catch this, that yeah, type of we, thing. Yeah. Because it's collaborative. It's it's something that every every person every party was exposed to yet did not catch. Mm-hmm. We're working right. you're working as a team here. Sure, you're the creative consult and it's something that maybe more particularly you should have had your eyes on more specifically, but I will never just make it solely about ourselves, yourself. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, if you do it especially in writing, like that's that's proof yes, for yes. a judge yes. to like <laughs> you know, so I would and maybe yeah. your maybe your your contract does mention too. Like I think I put in there too that things that a client will supply, and one of the bullet points in there is that approved final, uh, wor- you know, word for word copy submitted in a Word doc. Like, and that's what gets used in the in the thing. I know there's changes and stuff that could happen later, but I do- also do have a thing on there that says you will get a final approval sign off thing before any print, and I just have to make that note that it's part of the final thing. Um, so just get the tools. I think the tools are out there yeah. to help, like with any of these dilemmas we, we, we hit. Um, I, it's a tough one, man. I've been on that receiving end a few times. I'm, I, I will too. F- com- completely admit it has been my fault many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so just protect yourself as best as you can. Absolutely. Damn. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that was uh, helpful for you, Leslie. I know it's a little after the fact, but hopefully it uh, 
gives you some pointers for next time. Yeah. For so sure. anyway, if you want to send in a listener question, send it to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And we love our audio questions as well. So be sure to do that. Be like Leslie. Everyone should be more like <laughs> Leslie, is what I would say. Yes. So, um, anyway, you guys have a have a great weekend. And those listening, you have too. a great rest of the week. And we'll see you next time. With that in mind, keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. Thank <laughs> you.